0: Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast, Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday was week two of our Vision Series, and I talked about the importance of unity, our commitment to one another, and our commitment to Christ. Today I'll be joined with Pastor Brandon to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, I'm here with uh, Brandon today. Brandon, welcome. Thanks. Awesome. So we are, uh, we finished our Two week kind of vision talk, vision series. Uh, you kicked it off, and, and I and you know closed it. Yes, uh, last this past Sunday. So just having gone through this process now and having given both talks, uh, just kind of what's your general feel of, of how it went? Kind of where we're at? Anything you want to add, emphasize? Uh, shoot.
1: Yeah, I, I I feel really good about how it went. I think like I think for it was just a big step for us, obviously, to kind of start moving in this direction. Um, and and I think to own a vision in a way that's a little bit different than we have in the past. Um, and so, yeah, coming out of it, I mean, obviously I wasn't there for, um, for service on Sunday because I was in Baja. But even just listening to your message um, online, you know, I felt a real sense of, I think just excitement, like, oh man, we're, we're committed now, you know? And like at the same time, you know, a little bit of that balance of like fear, you know, like, yeah. oh man, we're committed <laughs> now. like, And so it, I think, it, I think that's good though. I think having to wrestle now with um, the the next questions of not like, okay, how, how are we going to say this to people, but how are we actually going to get this done? And so. You know, it's been encouraging, I think, talking to people and after um, my message and a little bit after your message is just, I do think there's an excitement for change uh, mm-hmm. in our church that I didn't necessarily expect. Mm. It's not like I didn't think people would be on board with the vision, but I think there's more people than I thought who are like, yeah, we're we're ready for something too. And, you know, it it's just a reminder of the fact that, you know, in a a lot of ways like we're responsible for kind of the movement and the energy of the church as much as or more than you know the average person and Mm -hmm. if we just sit around and wait for people to like do stuff and they're sitting around for us to do stuff then you know nothing's going to happen and so hopefully this is kind of the beginning of that process of yeah just Mm -hmm. everybody moving forward together and so that's exciting um for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How about you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I resonate with everything you're saying in terms of big picture, where we are as a church, being able to, um, yeah, have a clear picture of where we want to go. And at the same time there it's, you know, it's, it's a little overwhelming. It's a bit daunting to say, okay, now we have to, you know, create that and do our best. But, you know, I think that's been great being able to do it. Um, just kind of, here sundays church but i think just the behind the scenes process of yeah. uh, just our journey in that i mean to to go wow you know your sabbatical back for a month <laughs> casting vision excited uh-huh. moving forward where you know not to sound cliche but there is a sense of awe for me of just like you know it's obvious god is working and, mm-hmm. and being able to kind of be a part of that just this process that goes back you know uh last year two years us dialoguing and stuff so that's just been a blessing to yeah. see that be a part of it
1: yeah so like I think that'd be cool to talk a little bit about like w- walking us through kind of your process mm. of like mm-hmm. you've kind of hinted at it in messages and podcasts but like obviously last podcast we talked about my journey and kind of like trying to listen and seek out you know work out was leading us what has this whole process been like for you in you know, having me, me come back and like, hey man, I, I think this is what what God is putting on my heart, um, to now kind of preaching a message on it. Maybe just kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah.
0: Um, great question. And I don't want to take up too much time. So I'll give you the kind of short No, version, go for it. We don't have anything <laughs> else to talk about. <laughs> just us two, So I'll just talk. Um, you know what I mean? I think this whole journey, right, of stepping into the lead pastor role, um, you know, I think it's year five now, so it's like, oh geez, God. it's it's going by quick. Um, you know, I think in in hindsight, those first couple of years, I mean, we were all trying our best. I was I was doing my best, leading as best I could. Um, but I think there was a lot of, you know, we were trying to maintain things, right? We we didn't want to rock the boat. We just wanted to reassure our church that we we're going to do anything crazy, anything rash. You know, as, as some people put it, quote, unquote, you know, oh, great. The kids are taking over, <laughs> you know, but hey, like, no, we love this church. We love the people here. We have gifts to offer, but we're also inexperienced and, you know, but we're going to do our best. You know, and I think mm. that was kind of the first couple of years, I think, in hindsight. I don't know if we intentionally would have said that was what it was, but right. kind of looking back. And then, you know, you alluded in the intro of your talk. You know, I think we've had some. Good conversations, intense yeah. conversations in the last couple years, the last year of kind of like, okay, now as we're kind of coming out of that initial season, what next and and where are we headed and, you know, just clarity on my role, clarity on your role, what exactly that looks like. Um, And, you know, I think, and I shared a little bit too when I talked in terms of, you know, not my message, but I did the intro for you of, mm, right. you know, the mission for me is something I'm passionate about you know, experiencing grace, growing in love. But there's always been this, a genuine sense of openness. Like, but what is, what? how do we do that? What's that going to look like? And I always felt that it would be the, it would be the result of, of who we are as a staff, as a church. Hmm. You know, so I think you kind of heading into your sabbatical, you know, the um, the rest portion of it, the seeking portion of it, you know, I think even just wrestling with just your role and what that looks like, even though you know there were moments in that were which were hard, right? For me, of just like, hey, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, Brand's going the sabbatical. Like, I'm excited, but there's also like this, like, yeah, I don't. know What's gonna happen, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like what's God gonna say? You know, because yeah. I knew God would speak. You just, you know, I'm not God, so I don't know what He's gonna say. Um, so I think in that process too, it was good for me because it was just. I felt him reminding me, like, you have to, you have to trust me, Mm. right? Like, you have to trust me with this church. You have to trust me with what I speak to Brandon. You have to trust me with, like, vision. And kind of really being able to, like, trust him in that process and and find kind of hope and peace and excitement in that. So kind of when, you know, and we met a few times while you were gone. So, I mean, on sabbatical, so that was, you know, good to kind of be able to check in. But, you know, having you come back and kind of seeing all the things that you saw and, you know, vision-wise, personal stuff-wise, um, yeah, I think it was just confirmation for me. Just built in that for my individual journey, the time you were on sabbatical, the time coming back, of like, you know what, like, God moved. Like, mm-hmm. I felt he he did a lot of maturing for me, you know, maturing in me. You know, he, he spoke to you. So, you know, coming back with a vision, I think we talked about last week on the podcast too, where it wasn't anything crazy, Yeah. you know, it wasn't anything. And if it, if it was crazy, it wasn't that, that would have been bad, <laughs> but it was like, you know what, this is the core of, of who we are, you know, it's in the core of like, yeah, it is important, you know? So kind of having walked through that whole process just for me was, it was a powerful thing to experience. Mm. You know, I think there are God, things that God had addressed to me personally to kind of bring me to the point too, where I was ready for this vision, mm. you know, and to kind of get a it's glimpse. And I say a glimpse because it's been a month, right. but I'm excited for the, the two of us and kind of how this is working out in terms of the roles and the giftedness of like, you know, you being able to get that time away, come and see it, being able to talk about it, us being able to cast it and for God bringing my heart to like, no, like it's not just me saying things to support your vision it's like this is our vision Hmm. this is our church you know it fits on the umbrella of helping people experience grace and helping them grow in love and for this season this is what we're going to emphasize this is what we're going to push um yeah so you know i think to get there for me has been it's been quite a journey but it's been it's been challenging but it's been fun and i just feel i feel excited more excited, more confident than I've ever felt before. Mm. You That's know, fun. so um yeah, it's been it's been fun. Yeah.
1: So as we kind of went into this and you know, we kind of had this like two-part um like we knew we had these two weeks, right? And like mm-hmm. you know, we knew I was kind of going to I was kind of going to lay out the bones of the vision and kind of just the practical implications of that small groups, relational discipleship. And then there was a little bit of like kind of openness in, in yours to like kind of hit on the discipleship aspect a little more. Um, and, and kind of in a way that, you know, you kind of felt led to do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I I'm kind of curious, like what, what kind of led you to, to focus on it in that particular way? Like was there any like need you saw in our church or anything just kind of specifically that made you think like, I want to say this, mm-hmm. like if this is kind of my half of the vision talk, um, what led you to kind of that topic and yeah. that, that passage? Awesome passage, by the way. I kept thinking, oh yeah, I probably should have used this in my message. That would have made mine a lot better, <laughs> but I'm glad you, you yeah. got to use it for yours.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I had this section in the message that i ended up taking out just time i didn't feel like it fit for the sunday but you know personally kind of in light of what i just shared um you know being a younger pastor you know so we're not i'm not young mm-hmm. i just turned 40 this past <laughs> week but younger than a significant portion you know i think 35 36 when we stepped in mm-hmm. um you know i think there was this obvious this insecurity right like who am i to tell people how to live their life, right? So, and a lot of it was, I didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't want to offend anybody. I wanted to do my best to to keep the peace, to appease, to encourage, to inspire, but just kind of at that, right? And Mm -hmm. in hindsight, a lot of it was fear, was insecurity rooted in that, right? Mm -hmm. And I think part of this kind of this past year, this journey, and I've shared it on previous podcasts too, is just, Got addressing the fear aspect you mm-hmm. know like one you, you can't be afraid to to offend if you really want to to shepherd them and love them right mm-hmm. so it wasn't like don't be don't care it wasn't like he was like you don't need to care about what they think just <laughs> do whatever you want but it's like as long as you're afraid you, you can't lead you can't shepherd you can't do the things that you're you're called to do right mm-hmm. so i think learning about enneagram stuff who i am just this whole journey this past year being stretched challenge I feel like God's been addressing that in me mm. so kind of in light of that it's began to give me this freedom I feel this permission to to really look at right scripture to look at the church to look at kind of our responsibility as as shepherds mm. to say what are we called to do you know what what is the church supposed to look like what is Jesus desire for us and you begin to start taking the fear out of that Right for me of like I don't want to upset anybody and it's it's a lot clearer. Yeah. So that was like the biggest thing of like looking at these scriptures and saying, This is what Jesus is saying, mm. you know, and as much as we wanna be welcoming to everybody and you know, and I want to, I want the doors to be as wide as, as it can be to accept all kinds of people, right? Jesus says like his his path, right, is the narrow one. Mm right? That there is a high calling, there is a high expectation, right? Um, In that, and I think that's what I've been kind of recognizing more and more is like, yeah, the door is open for everyone, anyone, but the invitation is pretty specific of Mm -hmm. what we are accepting and what we are receiving. So that's the part for me of, you know, I think really being able to look at that and wanting to communicate that as clear as i can as loving as i can but to not sugarcoat it because i was i'm afraid of offending someone yeah yeah um so kind of in light of the vision stuff you know where we are and for me to kind of feel this you know what like this is what i'm we're called to do and this is what this is the most loving thing Mm. we can do to share it you know so that was like on the preaching component and then I think even for me personally like this as i'm getting older I, I find myself saying that a lot as i'm getting older as i'm getting older <laughs> well, i mean we yeah, are <laughs> i am we are um you know even me recognizing the need for community you know has mm. just been confirmation on this whole thing where i don't think i've ever would have said i don't need it but i think i always viewed myself as pretty self-sufficient mm. that i'm i love serving other people I love encouraging other people. I'm um, I love listening to other people. But I don't know if I really need mm. other people to listen to me, encourage to me. Like I wouldn't have never have said that though. Right. But I think if you're if I'm honest, that's what I believed. I felt like I'm okay. Like I can just be there for everybody else. And I think as yeah, I think as life is getting harder, as I, I'm re- recognizing just the unique call that we have, just everybody has and how challenging it can be i find myself craving it more you know and and i think i've shared in staff meeting you know i think i i'm blessed to know a lot of people you know different circles i am more extroverted so i like kind of floating around chit-chatting but a lot of my relationships you know it's it's still on the surface level you know It's, Mm. it's a mile wide an inch deep kind of thing and saying hey you know i need I need to go deeper too, mm. and I need it for my well-being. I need it so I can grow. I need it so all those things. So so timing-wise, kind of those two things going hand in hand, you know, was just, like I said, confirmation, like, hey, this vision's from God. You know, yeah. it's a vision he's placed for my life, obviously for you, our church. Um, and, yeah, I was kind of out of those two things, I felt excited and also compelled to to give the message that I gave this past Sunday.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to push into it a little further. Yeah. So maybe I'm reading into this wrong. Did you feel, I mean, it, in kind of a message like that, right. The, 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 the call to like that commitment, right. Mm-hmm. And that, um, discipleship and, and, and kind of all that that entails. Is there a part of it where that's coming from a place where you see a lack of that from our church is it just like a general like like hey let's go for it this is what the scripture says or do you feel like look like there are aspects of how we do church again not to name any names or not to call anybody out this is us included to where you feel like that's like we're struggling with that
0: yeah I've been smiling this whole time as you've been asking that question. (laughs) (laughs) I was smiling on the inside as I I thought it
1: to myself. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, if I'm honest, I think culturally, I think Hmm. culturally, and I don't know how broad, but you know, our church kind of just kind of the the Western, maybe it's Asian American, maybe it's everybody where. um, Yeah, I think it's a struggle you know especially on the commitment end and and i don't want to dodge it that question but it applies to our church you know um how committed are we to jesus Mm. you know um and i'm i'm guilty of skipping sundays for basketball games you know um you know a lot of things are optional um and saying you know what like it's not that we lack commitment, like we're committed people, we commit to things. Mm-hmm. You know, I see that our, you know, one of the biggest challenges is busyness. Right? We're so busy. Why? Because we commit to things. Yeah, We commit to, you know, friendships. We, we commit to extracurricular activities. When it comes to kids, we commit to their sports. We commit to their academics. We commit to their music. Right. And And we've, And the commitment is once a week practices, twice a week practices, sometimes three practices, you know, weekends, all weekends. And to say, okay, why can't we do that with Jesus? Mm. (laughs) Right? So it's not that we don't know what it's like to commit. We do, but we've just committed to other things. Mm. So it made me rethink, like, you know what? Once a week, Sundays for an hour? That's not asking that much. Yeah. Right, and and that fear in me before was always like, "Hey, no worries, it's all good. I understand, you know." And and at the end of the day, we do love people for where they are. So I don't want to say this with a judgmental tone at all. Like wherever they are in their spiritual journey, we love them, we accept them. But if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, you know, at what point do you say, "Hey, like it's a duck, right?" Like if somebody is not committed to Jesus, it's a disservice to them if we. Deceive them into thinking they are committed, Mm, mm. right? So, we don't do it with any kind of pride, arrogance, judgment, condemnation, but to say, "Hey, this is what commitment looks like in every other aspect of our life, and this is the kind of commitment that Jesus demands." Yeah, this is what it needs to look like, and and to not be, you know, I think just not be afraid to say, "I think this is what it's saying," you know. So if. You know, I think things like, miss you know, once a week Sundays, there are always exceptions to the rule, but yeah. once a week is not that much. Yeah. And if we we're going to add the small group component of it, you know, whether that's every other week or even if that's every week at some point, twice a week is not that much, mm-hmm. right? In yeah. light of everything else we're committed to. Yeah. So I think that was kind of that, you know, just realization for me, conviction, because I'm guilty of, you know, just kind of, underestimating the importance of thing and just and just brushing things off but saying you know i mean not to say not to become legalistic about church attendance or small groups or bible studies but commitment does express itself in certain behaviors yeah yeah right and we can't you know sugarcoat it and try to like say, hey, it's not a big deal just no it is it is a big deal yeah and it's on us kind of to uniquely discover what that looks like for us, but it will express itself in some behavior. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, definitely going into it, seeing that in my own life, you know, our, our our family's life, you know, what am I teaching to our kids? And then also kind of the broader, you know, our friends, just our church and saying, yeah, I think it is a struggle. Uh, but I'll be the first to take that blame and said, I'm at fault for helping to create that. Right. You know, so, um, I think just where we're headed, the timing, what God's been doing in my life, I just felt like this is the direction God is beginning to move, you know? So I think everything we've done in the past, I don't look back with like regret, you know, there was purpose for every season, but I do feel like God's moving us now. Like Mm -hmm. it's time for us to move, um, you know, where we can mature into the church he wants us to be. And it's going to be hard, um, but it's necessary yeah. to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, That's, I mean, that's, I think that's a great point that you make in that kind of acknowledging that balance between, right? Like the role that we play in, in kind of providing this ambiguity for people mm-hmm. of like, we're sort of asking you to come on Sunday, but not really. Like if you miss a Sunday, no big deal. And we don't really set a very high bar. Mm-hmm. And so On one hand, it is kind of on us, right? Like if we don't set a high bar, we can't get mad at people for, you know, meeting it where it's at. But then the flip side of that, we're like, like, look, we all have this standard before us of of what God's word says. And we all, I think we all implicitly know there's more Mm -hmm. that God would call us to than just, just where we're at. And so, yeah, it's exciting. And I think that was part of what was inspiring about, I think, your message on Sunday was just like, okay, like, like no excuses, you know, like we're gonna hold up our end of the bargain in doing what I, I think people want it, you know, like people want to be led, people want, to, you know, again, not in a legalistic mm-hmm. way, not yeah. in a shameful way, in a, in a way that, you know, acknowledges, you know, grace and all of that. But to set a high bar and say, like, this is, this is what it looks like to be committed. And like, you you know, again, you can choose to do that or not, but we're not going to apologize for just setting the bar here. Because, mm-hmm. again, like you said, that's that's what scripture calls us to. And so um I'm actually like really optimistic, again, th- of this idea that people crave like more and that mm-hmm. there is a desire to commit. There is a desire to um, pursue Jesus in a deeper way and that actually if you were to like lay out percentages of of who the blame falls on i would place more on us or mm-hmm. just the larger like you said the contemporary american church and and what it what the assumptions are of what mm-hmm. faithfulness looks like yeah and if and we've seen that right like you and i know of churches where there is a lot expected and you know, lo and behold, people go to those churches, mm-hmm. and and a lot of times those are the churches that are really vibrant and moving, and um, where the kind of people who are committed, mm-hmm. you know, are, are going to church there. And so, um, yeah, it's it's exciting to think about.
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, and I think we've talked to you before of like, it just hasn't been very clear, mm-hmm. right? At CBC, like, what do I need to do to to grow? Yeah what are the next steps? And it's, it's, you know, it's been, it's pretty ambiguous a lot of times. Right. And kind of subjective to whichever leader you talk to and what response you get. And I think that was, you know, another thing that was convicting for me is like, you know, for people who don't want to grow, you know, are struggling, there's a place for them and we need to do our best to, Hey, just love them and just be patient with them and pray for them and allow God's timing but the other end of that spectrum for people who want to grow, mm. like we have to be able to, you know, that was like the biggest, would be the biggest tragedy, right? Of people who are hungry to grow because the spirit is stirring in them and God is working and we just like, huh, you know, <laughs> yeah. come back in a year, yeah. we'll check. And I think, you know, by things like small groups and, and pushing it saying, you know, I think this is why it's necessary, you know, because... I don't want to be the lid, yeah. you know, that prevents people from growing. Right. Yeah. And actually stunts the growth, you know, yeah. yet alone help them to grow. Obviously, I'd love to help them, but, oh, gosh, I don't want to be the one who stunts, you know, people yeah. from growing who want yeah. to. And that's why I think you're right. I mean, to be confident, optimistic, because, right, in Scripture, Jesus is building this church. The Spirit is the one working, yeah. you know, so we don't have to cause the growth. God is the one that's, you know, causing them to grow we just have to like do our part to yeah, yeah. like cooperate with them, right yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so like for you like when you think about i mean you know you're approaching kind of commitment from a, a good good broad perspective right of, of kind of discipleship generally when you think about that in terms of like community and small groups what what does that mean? So kind of same question as before, but mm-hmm. in relation to small groups, like, do you think we have a problem in terms of, of how in the existing small groups we we already have, like, mm-hmm. do we just need more people doing that? Or do we need those small groups to be more committed to each other? Mm-hmm. And if so, like how just kind of based on your experience and what you've seen.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I haven't seen much because I don't know all the different groups, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I have experience with my group. Even for me, and you know, I'm currently in the process of being convicted a lot. You know, in terms of like my commitment to people. Mm. You know, so like everything I'm about to say now, it's not because I do this, right. you know. But I think, yeah, I think if. In line of the same idea of like, what does commitment to Jesus look like, and how it's been very ambiguous in our culture. You know, in the day, it doesn't look very committed, yeah. right? And there's a disconnect between I think people believing they're committed, but their life not really demonstrating commitment, and yet yeah. somehow they believe that they're committed. And I think if that's true with Jesus, that's true with God. How much more true is that with people, yeah. right? And then saying, okay. You know, it's one thing for me to say I'm committed. Like, hey, we're a small group. I love you. I'm here for you. And then two weeks go by and go, is that what commitment looks like? Because mm. a lot of times I'm, there's nothing. Right. You know, maybe a text, if something bad happens. And just saying, so I don't know what that looks like. You know, um, and I don't want to become legalistic about it. But I think there's, there's a discrepancy between what i believe that i'm committed to them what i'm actually demonstrating expressing it and it has to be more than that Mm -hmm. you know and and what does it look like to be committed to people relationally you know to walk with them and what does that even mean in terms of my other relationships you know like do i need to give some relationships up in this season so that i can be more committed to others Mm. I mean, you know, that's like the flip side, the other side of that coin, right? Um, So, um, yeah, I know I didn't really answer your question, but I think that's something I've I've just been personally wrestling with of like, yeah, I I would definitely on the general sense, I think the commitment to one another needs to increase, Yeah. you know, what that looks like. That's where, you know, I think it's a discovery for me, at least for sure. And I think that'd be, you know, I think it'd be good to get a dialogue to dialogue with people and. Kind of hear more what that looks like for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was really struck by that preparing that that sermon for a couple of weeks ago. Of just this, yeah. If you read through like the the New Testament letters and just one, how much of it is focused on like community, like literally on on healthy church relationships? There's so many passages that I think we read and we think of in very general terms, like this is just our disposition towards life mm-hmm. but when you read it it's like oh no this is specifically about like you know relationships in the church yeah now, you can apply it to other things of course like lying to anyone is bad mm-hmm. but you know it's like he's saying like this is really how you should interact in in your community and so I'm reading these and I'm looking at this picture and it's like crystal clear how radical this should be you know relative to any kind of relationship you had anywhere else relative to anything else you see in culture or wherever like church community is like crazy and then to compare that one to any kind of community I've ever experienced Mm -hmm. or even my small group which I love and it's the again like I've said it's the best Mm -hmm. small group I've been in I think it's been great but even the discrepancy between an awesome small group and this picture that scripture paints for us it's pretty it's pretty jarring you know and so you know obviously that's not to say like we're necessarily gonna gonna get there Mm -hmm. uh, in this lifetime but it did really make me think about how again how how easy it is for us to kind of sell short what community is and so yeah that's been exciting to kind of just begin that process of Mm -hmm. exploring like yeah how do we, how do we foster that kind of relationship, you know, and and while acknowledging that all the challenges that we have, you know, different people, Mm -hmm. different backgrounds, different interests, like that existed for the New Testament church too. yeah, And they made it work. And I think the thing that ties it all together goes back to what you talked about is just, they were so committed to each other that it's, it's transcendent. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think that's why it was, again, so important yeah. for you to hit on is, like, if we don't try, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at the yeah. very least, if we don't come in with this attitude of, like, I'm really, really going to give my all to this, it's, like, impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, the one barrier we have to cross or you can kind of count on communities kind of staying at, you know, fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, Just okay. But until we get to this point where it's, like, this is a priority – this is important to me and like I I want this picture that scripture is painting. Like it's just not gonna happen on accident. Yeah. And so um I don't know where I was going with that, yeah. but I'm all fired up about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome, man.
0: Keep preaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I just you know, John thirteen thirty four, Jesus says new command I give you love one another as I've loved you by this. All men will know you are my disciples, Mm -hmm. right? Like just looking at that, when I think about it, I'm like, just love each other as I loved you. And this way, the whole world will know Mm -hmm. that you're my disciples. You know, That's how people are going to look at you and say, Oh, there, there is a God who exists and these people belong to him. Mm -hmm. Right. To me, that's so profound. Whether they believe or not is a different thing. Like it's their choice. But, Jesus makes it sound so simple, right? Like mission, evangelism, outreach, and how important it is our relationships with each other, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, what that looks like today in this day and age, like that's a, you know, discovery process that we get to do together. But that kind of commitment, you know, to, to people, to each other, and we're limited, finite human beings, so like we can't be like this with everybody, Yeah. but whoever it is in our life that we're, called to in that season to do it to be able to commit to do it um you know it's not only beneficial for our spiritual growth but you're saying it's it's also mission it's how we're going to point to him and help convince others that he is who he says he is right
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: yeah well cool this is what happens when you get two preachers behind a mic (laughs) i'm just going to keep going on and on But there were a couple questions uh, that were submitted through the app this week that I thought we can get to uh, before we wrap up. And um, once again, thanks for submitting. It's always awesome just to be able to to have this conversation like this. Um, The first question uh, comes from JT. Hey, what's up, JT? And the question, he says, um, Pastor Eric did a great job explaining the spiritual and personal benefits to join a small group, especially for people who might be reluctant to find a group. Uh, for people who are already in a group now, uh, what are some practical suggestions for us to go deeper into our relationships? Mm. So we talked a little bit about it, yeah. but as he asks, uh, some practical suggestions to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I would say this: I, I think when I think about going deeper in relationships, I do think about you, Brandon. Mm. You know, because you have some really close friendships. Not many, but, but, but the ones who. Are that what's are. important is the, the the depth of it. Mm. You know, and I thought i swing on the other extreme right Mm. but to say like yeah when it comes to going deeper i think brandon knows more than he thinks Mm. because he does it you know i think with Alyssa, obviously with you know josh your buddy so yeah i think you have a lot to offer on this so kind of what comes to mind in terms of practical suggestions Mm. to going deeper yeah
1: Well, first of all, I think that's a great question because starting on October 20th, we'll be kicking off a series (laughs) that'll deal with some real practical community uh, skills. Um, But I guess for me personally, I do think a big, and this is, I think, why that idea of of commitment really resonates is because there are just relationships in my life that I've identified as this is really important to me. Mm. And um Uh, again that that's in a way has limited like i'm a little bit the opposite of you eric and that like (laughs) my relationships are a mile deep and an inch wide (laughs) (laughs) but i i do think like i've you know just made choices to invest heavily in certain Mm. places and that's limited my ability to be you know (laughs) you know out there hanging out Mm. with a lot of people um but kind of in in every interaction I have I go into it with this mentality of like this is this is really important to me and mm-hmm. so um and yeah and so I think part of that is just kind of that that leads to a, like a long term kind of like there's no th- there's no stakes in like a daily like conversation so like Josh is a good example of this mm-hmm. I've known Josh since we were in second grade He's been my best friend since we were in high school. And, like, there's so much freedom in a relationship where you know that you're not going to mess up the friendship. Mm. And that's where this idea of, like, commitment to each other really matters, right? I think so much, you know, like, there is a big, like, fear and shame and worry of, like, what do people think of me? You know, Mm -hmm. And, and if I say this, what then will that mean for this relationship and i would say um you know 95 99 of our relationships even close ones we kind of feel this way like there's a little bit of a uncertainty of like i'm not totally sure how you feel about me you Mm -hmm. know and Mm -hmm. i mean i think there are probably a lot of marriages where people feel that way even you know with their Mm -hmm. spouse right and so to be in a relationship at least for me where um I feel that sense of, like, commitment, you know, on both sides is very freeing in that, like, I'm able to let my guard Mm, down. Yeah. Now, like, practically, outside of a relationship that's, you know, 30 years old, you know, that's that's hard to develop. But I do think, and we're going to talk about this in the series, like, just the importance of being, like, authentic with people is pretty important because until you like reveal who you are to people you're always going to be kind of worried well if i'm if i'm real if i'm honest or if they see the real me then what Mm -hmm. but if you're authentic with people and you just kind of lay yourself out there um it's kind of like well you know there's there's no uncertainty left Mm -hmm. or there's there's less uncertainty and so i do try as best as I can to do that it's it's pretty hard for me early on in relationships Mm. not because I'm not trying to be authentic but just because I think like the awkwardness and the like I don't totally know how to be authentic in a new relationship Mm -hmm. that that part of it and so I think just like over time like working on that is a big one um and then I think just being very like I think being very explicit in kind of our being for people, our being Mm. committed to people, it's like sometimes for a relationship to go deeper, uh, no, every time for a relationship to go deeper, someone has to say, you're important to me and be Mm. vulnerable and and kind of take that risk of being rejected. Yeah. And actually, if I'm honest, like I've had a handful of uh, several instances of my life where like I've kind of put that out there hmm. and didn't necessarily feel like it was reciprocated. Wow. But the risk is kind of worth it because mm. I've also put it out there and felt like it was reciprocated. And now, now I know, you know, those are, those are meaningful relationships. To yeah. Know. And so it does take a little bit of courage yeah. and you have to acknowledge like it's possible. That's not, gonna be the case every time. You mm-hmm. know, and there are gonna be people who are not ready for that. And there's wisdom in, you know, you don't just meet somebody who's like, hey, I wanna be your best friend <laughs> But you know, and you know, in and a small group is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. And just kind of whether it's in word or deed or, or, or whatever, is just kind of be like, hey, you're you're important to me, mm-hmm. you know, and this means a lot to me. And that's something that I've tried to do in our small group is you know, I think everyone in my small group and everyone in church now knows like, Hey, I really, really love these people. Mm -hmm. They're really important to me. Um, friendship is something that's hard for me, but you guys are my friends and that's Mm -hmm. not something I take lightly. And to be honest, like, it puts me in a little bit of a vulnerable place. And Mm -hmm. I feel that sometimes like, Oh man, like, was I, was I like the weirdo there? Like, was that uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for people? Mm -hmm. But it also is like, look, like that's, Just where I'm at, that's what kind of person I am. And so it does, I I think being, being the person who says, whether it's, this is, you're important to me or this is something I really value about you. Yeah. Those are relationship deepening Mm -hmm. conversations. Yeah. And not everyone's good at those, but I think everyone can do it in their own way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What, what, what do you say? I mean... I think, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm learning so much. I'm soaking it in. You, you know, yeah. the importance, the just emphasize the importance of first acknowledging to yourself that this relationship matters. You know, two, being authentic. Three, expressing that, yeah. you know, that desire to go deeper, this, hey, you matter. Yeah. Um, for someone who's never done that before, you know, and yeah. is scared because there is risk. Yeah. Like, how do you say that? Like, what are some ways to say it in a way, like you said, that isn't weird? <laughs> you know, like. Well, I can't answer that because yeah, it's no, always no. weird. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, I just, I can, for myself, for those listening, might think, I, I want to do that. Yeah. Like, what are some ways to say that? Yeah. Or have you said it before?
1: So, I think it starts on the like, the action level. So, like, mm. in a lot of relationships, right? Like, there's there's kind of this uncertainty of, like, well, does this person even like me, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty intentional if I sense, like, okay, there's... This relationship is meaningful about trying... And this is something, obviously, I've had to get better at over the years. I was a hermit up until about three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but even even in those those spaces, it was, like, to, to reach out very intentionally, mm. even if I'm, I wasn't sure, like that the that these people kind of this person or like like a couple friend of Alyssa and i like i don't know if they really like hanging out with us but we're gonna Mm. reach out and say Mm -hmm. like hey like come to dinner at our house or whatever and and to do it in a way that's not like doesn't lessen the value of it Mm -hmm. i think like sometimes we want to just be like oh hey like i I have some extra food here Mm -hmm. come to my house Cause you happen to be a person who likes food, <laughs> yeah. but you know, but to actually say like, Hey, like I think it'd be cool to hang out or or, or yeah. just to kind of, to, to kind of put the spotlight on. I like hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hang out? Yeah. Again, that's an awkward way to do it, yeah, but, yeah. you know, to, to kind of communicate that. Mm-hmm. And then like, I think because, because friendship is, is and just relationships are difficult for me. I just try to be pretty honest about that with people hmm. and, and to like, to point to the fact that like, there's a connection here with like, mm-hmm. like this is not something that's, that's easy for me. And yeah. so that was something that I think came up in our small group a lot. I probably shared this like two or three different times in, in different mm-hmm. contexts of like, look, like this isn't something that I have with everyone. Yeah. and And again, like, this has been really good and small group is a great venue for that because Mm. you have the ability and you have moments where you can say that and and it was cool too because there were moments when like that was reciprocated you know and like i would see people say stuff Mm. like yeah like i don't have this kind of like like you know we have friends who we do stuff with, but I don't have anyone to talk about this kind of stuff yeah, with. Yeah. And you know, when I would hear that from someone else, it would be like, Oh, that's, that's cool. And that would kind of mm-hmm. draw me in a little bit deeper yeah. in that relationship. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I think just the general idea of like highlighting, highlighting what you're enjoying mm-hmm. in the moment and when, why you're enjoying it. I think in a weird way, sometimes we're afraid to say like, I'm having fun with you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, or like, yeah. I I like this. Like, yeah, and that's something that I think because like I'm an, a I'm a positive person. I'm an optimist. Mm-hmm. I tend to see good in almost every situation. That comes pretty easy to me. Yeah, like, I see. Like, oh man, this is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really glad we did this. We should do this. You know, even like just little things like that. Yeah, I think we leave those things out of relationships a lot to where. Mm. We just leave other people feeling uncertain, yeah, because like we don't want to be the first person to say like, "This is good," mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so, even naming it in the simplest possible way, yeah, can can move us in that direction. Yeah.
0: yeah. Dang, that's awesome. That's so good. I mean, I think just the to be specific, right? Yeah, and, and you said it is a step of faith to to initiate that risk. Mm-hmm. You know, put it out there, and you, like you said, not. You might, people might not reciprocate in yeah. the way you want, but yeah, if you don't put it out there, you, you'll never know anyways. Right. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. yeah, that's really helpful.
1: And I think in the wor- the worst case of it, it's not like no one's ever said to me, you're being weird. Stop. <laughs> yeah. You're just, not important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's never happened. It's more just over time and it, and it, it's not like it was ever like the next day I called them and they didn't pick up the phone or anything like that. It's more just you see over time, there are people who will reciprocate that back to you. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who won't. And it never stings as much as you think it will. It's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, okay. Like that's, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But then when it is reciprocated back, it's like, okay, like now, now that ups the ante a little bit and and you can kind of continue down that progression.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's, I mean, I think everything you're saying in terms of the intentionality I mean, I got, yeah, I'm just soaking that all in, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I think for me too, I, on the kind of the other, the flip side of that coin, as I mentioned, the, you know, I'm starting to see too, right? Like it's so easy to go through life and be reactive mm-hmm. when it comes to relationships, right? Like yeah. Amber and I talk about all the time, like sometimes we're so busy and we love the people we get to hang out with, you know, but it's more reactionary. Like mm-hmm. they initiate, Hey, you want to hang out? hey, you want to do this? And because we, you know, oh, we don't have anything planned. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're good and I don't want to take any, you know, we enjoy those things. Yeah. But because it's always reactionary, we're not intentional, you mm-hmm. know, in saying, these are the people that matter. These are people that we want to commit to. Therefore, we're going to be intentional in pursuing them, mm-hmm. you know, putting them in our calendars yeah. so that when opportunity, other opportunities arise, we can get, either say yes if we're free, but we can all say, oh no, like, I'm sorry, we can't because we've committed to, yeah. you know, so that, you know, on the other end for us, I mean, that's kind of our challenge is a lot of times, you know, we're not intentional on in just initiating the, an event, you know, yeah. a gathering, a hangout. Yeah. We, ha- we want to, we have the best of intentions to, but we never get there because, We're kind of just going through life, just so busy that we're just kind of reacting to to life. So I like that idea, just the importance of being intentional, pursuing, initiating. And then while you're there doing all those things that you mentioned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just for the record, like that's my bent too. like I definitely, you know, nine times out of 10, that's where I end up. And it's just like I I have to really kind of force myself Mm -hmm. to like kind of do the other thing. And so I I do think like it's not like I'm some I'm not like yeah. reaching no, out no, to people yeah. like crazy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know me, so. But I think I actually learned that best from um from Ryan Joe, oh. who was my first like true small group as a youth leader. Mm. And I'm very reactive. And so my thing was always just like I don't know, like, you know, people have to come to me. I wasn't reaching yeah. out, but what I learned from him and and that was just him, me, and and Justin Waguna. We mm. had another kid for a while, but he kind of dropped out. But it was like that became a really meaningful small group for them and for me. And it was almost 100% on Ryan's initiative of just like, hey, we're getting together. Hey, when are we meeting up? Like, yeah. hey, like, small group time, guys. Like, I really want to meet up with you. W- when is this going to happen? And it really stuck with me how significant that was on my end of just like oh yeah like i have to be that that mm, person sometimes mm-hmm. too and just the way it kind of upped to the value of the group just by his sheer force of of initiative yeah, you know of like yeah. continuing to make it a, a value for him and not letting us mm. he wouldn't i mean he wouldn't take no for an answer like <laughs> if we hadn't wanted to keep meeting it would just showed up at our house yeah wow. and i think that was really powerful and like those kind of things sometimes take relationships where it's like, well, I don't know if this small group is going to work. It's yeah. like, Oh, it was a really meaningful, like two or three years or however long we met. And it became something that I wanted to initiate mm-hmm. too, because I had spent, you know, a year or so with Ryan, just kind of like, Hey, when are we meeting? When are we meeting? And, you know, he was like a junior in high school. Yeah. I was like, okay, if he can do that, I can, I can get a little better at this. And yeah. I always think about him in terms of relationships. of just mm. like, sometimes you have to be the Ryan. Yeah. You know, like sometimes yeah. it's great when, when you have that person who does that yeah. for you. It's awesome. But again, in most relationships, both people aren't that person. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you lose a lot. because yeah.
0: of that. Wow, that's really insightful. All right, well, let's move on to the last question. Um, it says, uh, Eric in his sermon said that a benefit of joining a small group was receiving unconditional love. Therefore, it seems reasonable that providing unconditional love is also an expectation. Is that a reasonable expectation at the start of a new relationship? Uh, Comment, it seems like a nice goal, but perhaps not practical. So then what are more reasonable outcomes of joining a small group? Or perhaps I am wrong and unconditional love is a reasonable explanation slash outcome.
1: It's a lot of layers to that question.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean I think like uh, on one hand like just w- we're sinful people so truly unconditional love as humans is I don't know like I don't I don't know if we're ever ever going to get there and so understanding I think the difference between like perfect unconditional love that we're only going to receive from the father and us as humans doing the best we can to love each other unconditionally that's an important distinction to make because Mm -hmm. i'm flawed you're flawed the person asking that question is flawed and even the people who i love a lot there are moments where i'm like dude what the heck (laughs) you know like i'm not totally super super like enjoying what you're doing right now i love you yeah but i'm having a hard time liking you know whatever the case may be right and Mm -hmm. that's that's reality right and so on one hand in one sense the question is right like yeah it, it is a, an ideal but I do think on the other hand it is possible to be in a group that um were the intention right and you and I talked about this a little bit it's just the intention to love unconditionally and the effort is there and I actually think that's pretty radical in and of itself mm-hmm. that yeah. a group that's committed to look, not loving perfectly, not having, not like we're never going to have conflict. Not like there's never going to be moments where, you know, w- things happen, but that the group is really committed to to sticking together and mm-hmm. to, to doing their best to like support each other, to love each other, um, within our own flawed capacities. Um, I think that's very possible. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I really enjoyed about um, our small group was like, look, again, without being perfect, I felt genuinely loved and I felt like I didn't feel like people were judging me. I didn't feel like there was anything I needed to do to earn that from people. And again, that doesn't mean in every moment I was perfectly loved at the core of my being. It didn't mean there were moments where, you know, you know again stuff happened Mm -hmm. but i really felt like look like this is a group of people who really really cares about me and um and that again that in and of itself is really freeing it's really important and so um i i don't in that sense i don't think it's an ideal i think it's it's worthwhile to say Mm -hmm. the purpose of this group or one of the purpose of this group is to love each other as best as we can yeah and there are going to be moments where you have bad thoughts about someone in the group. They're going to be sharing something and you're going to have a thought in your head that's not super nice. But you're going to think about a way to deal with that. And you're, and you're going to try your best not to say that out loud. And and, mm-hmm. and we're going to come in around each other and, and in every way we possibly can um, to do that. And mm-hmm. so um, to state that and to have that be a goal, I think is awesome. And yeah. I think that's really important. Because the flip side is, is that we all say, well, we can't love each other unconditionally. So I guess we're not going to have that in this group. And that to me seems like a concession we would never want to make. And and scripture seems to suggest that, no, like we should be striving for that. And we can get closer to that than I think we might realize Mm -hmm. over time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that distinction that you made is is important. You know, I think. Uh, one of the questions is a great question. I appreciate whoever submitted this one. Um, obviously you thought about it um, and you're wrestling with both kind of, what am I going to get in this? Mm. What am I actually going to receive? And what are you actually expecting me to do? You mm-hmm. know, because to love unconditionally seems very hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we would agree with that and say, Hey, if you were to join a small group, you know, today you would not experience complete unconditional love from every single person because we are sinful, we're flawed, we're imperfect. Right. right? And thus the, the expectation is not that you love unconditionally, right? The expectation is that you commit to loving unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that, that one, it it does raise the bar. And I think we've talked about it a little bit. We haven't really mentioned on Sunday, but I think you know this idea of as we raise the bar, you know, our goal is that everybody's in a small group. But at the same time, we're asking for a commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just anyone and everyone who just feels like it. It's mm-hmm. are do you want to commit to this? Are you willing to commit to this? If so, great. We're going to do everything we can to find you a small group. If you cannot commit to it, that's okay. Maybe next year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So in that sense, I think we are going to raise the bar to say, if you're going to be in a small group, you need to commit to loving each person in your small group unconditionally. Therefore, when you join that group, the expectation is that you would be surrounded by people who are committed to loving you unconditionally Mm -hmm. and that you would commit to loving them. Now, it's going to be messy. It's going to be hard. But I think in raising the bar, in setting that goal, right, it In setting that goal, it raises the bar, and it doesn't let us off the hook when we choose to not love, Yeah, right? It's so easy in any group situation where somebody offends us, does something that bothers us. We either distance ourselves, we write them off, or we just say, hey, we're done. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, that would be okay, right? In in our culture, that would be perfectly normal. That person's weird. That person's Mm -hmm. mean. That person's awkward. Yeah. But when the commitment's to love unconditionally, then that's not okay, Mm -hmm. right? To say, okay, well, what does unconditional love look like? This is what Jesus would think. This is how he would see. And then we're beginning to work towards that goal. So that's helping us to grow spiritually, right? We're keeping each other accountable, and we're being willing to to receive correction, right? Yeah. By those around us and saying, "Hey, you know, like, yeah, you have a right to feel that way, but mm. here's what it looks like to love unconditionally." So, I think in in that sense. It is hard. It's why a small group is so important. But I think the goal is that much higher, you know, mm-hmm. when we come with this kind of commitment. So, yeah. yeah, I think realistically, day one, you know, I don't know. Every group's going to start differently, but there will be a commitment. Mm-hmm. If anything, that'll be the strongest point of commitment. Day yeah. one, you know, because we just signed up. <laughs> we barely know each other. I love you. Right. Then it's going to get hard. But I think as we work through that, as God leads us through that, that over time, you know, our love that we experience, the love we're able to give will actually increase. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Over time. Yeah. So in terms of the outcome results, I would say that's what we should, that's what we should expect. That's what we should strive for. That's what we should pray for, you know, and be gracious when you know things don't go as smooth as we'd like it to be
1: yeah yeah totally i think i think too one thing that came to mind is you know just expanding our picture of what what love is in a relational context you know like it's not just like an emotion that we have towards someone it's not like we're gonna feel towards everyone in our small group the way we do to our spouses mm-hmm. or our kids yeah it's not like a moment to moment always feeling a hundred percent positive towards a person at its root right like it's it's a com- it's a commitment to each mm-hmm. other it's yeah. a commitment to like i am for you i'm with you and again there's messiness there's ups mm-hmm. and downs in that but to commit to unconditionally loving someone is to, to stand with you regardless mm-hmm. and and there's going to be a little blips and ups and downs in that but i think that's that's totally possible yeah, you know? and, yeah. and in a lot of ways that's the foundational core of what the church is, whether you're in a small group or not, mm-hmm. is like we're together, we have each other's backs. And so small groups can only strengthen that uh, for the larger body. And so I think it's it's a good thing to think about and it's a good thing mm-hmm. to talk about because yeah. I think we can lose sight of what love in the church really looks like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a, I think that's a great question.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing on that, Brandon. Thanks for being here. Um, you know, I hope we were able to answer both questions. Um, if not, I'd say go ahead and submit a follow-up. Uh, but either way, I think in this next upcoming series, uh, we are going to get into some more practical ways of, of what this looks like. And I think over the course of the year, you know, we are going to be talking about, yeah, what does it look like to love? What does it look like to be in community? Um, so yeah, keep the questions coming. It helps us, you know, mm-hmm. to, to think about, um, things that need to get addressed and how we can articulate even more clear what we're hoping for what we're shooting for so yeah thank you for thank you jt and thank you for whoever submitted uh, the second question but yeah that's time's up for today thanks brandon for being here yeah that was fun all right well thanks everyone for listening hope you enjoyed the podcast have a great rest of the week